Well, well, welcome to A Coach's Perspective. I'm your host, Jenny Hopkins, and this show is presented by Great Southern Bank. Great Southern Bank is serious about convenience. With nearly 100 banking centers in six states, hundreds of ATMs and mobile and online banking services, you're always in touch with your money. Learn more at greatsouthernbank.com, member FDIC. We're so grateful for Joe Turner, Kelly Polonis, all their teammates over at Great Southern Bank. Thank you for being such a special partner to this show. Other sponsors that we're very grateful for and handpicked, Highland Dairy, Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance, Bill Grant Ford in Bolivar, Story Construction, West Logging, Greg and Melinda Burnett, and Springfield Yard Cards. So we have a, a great show tonight. We are recapping a little bit uh, of about what we have. Uh, this is a series that we are doing, and we're kind of wrapping it up this week. We've been talking about um, the mental health of current and former college athletes and how they navigate those kind of transitional times. Last week, we got the athletic training perspective from Jim Rayner, and he did a tremendous job. And again, my co-host for this series is Heather Harmon, and Heather is here with me tonight. And Heather, Jim just did a tremendous job and gave us such a valuable perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. I, I love to hear you know, just what he had to say and, and to just kind of continue that conversation really from a bunch of different perspectives. But um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was just a, a good perspective for him to say, you know, 10 to 15 years ago, these weren't even conversations that we were having. And again, you know, 10 years ago, I was in high school. So um, definitely a, a cool, you know, conversation with him and encourage you if you didn't get a chance to hear that to, to definitely go back and give it a listen. You never have to worry about what Jim Rayner's thinking. <laughs> yeah, no, he'll tell you. <laughs> yes, he definitely will. He definitely will. So we appreciated uh, his contributions. If you want to listen to that episode, you can go to a coachesperspective.com and listen to it. You can also listen to it on iTunes, Spotify, Verbal. It's also on Helium Satellite Radio. All right, so we're continuing this conversation. And, you know, again, Heather is here. And, Heather, you know, this is something that's close to your heart. Just to kind of recap, in case um, we have some new listeners that haven't heard any part of this series, which I don't know where you've been. Catch up, please. You need to binge listen on this. That is a thing. Um, But, Heather, tell us a little bit about why this is so close to your heart. Yeah, well, um, you know, obviously grew up playing sports. Um, Basketball was kind of the one that I just stuck with and played competitively really my whole life and then was blessed to be able to play at um, the collegiate level, my dream school at Jury University and um, graduated there in 2018. And so the past kind of four years have just been really trying to navigate what life looks like after athletics. And um, I wouldn't say I'm anywhere like close to figuring that out, but, um, you know, just different things that have kind of come up in the past four years. And so just kind of one day in the gym posted a silly little TikTok and said, you know, are there any other former athletes who kind of feel like they're just struggling with their identity after their sport? Kind of where do you fit in? Um, exercising is weird. It, it's not as easy as it used to be just a you know, a couple of different things like that and was kind of blown away with the response. And so uh, since then, I've kind of just been having some of these conversations about, you know, mental health in current athletes, but also how can we be better supporting our athletes kind of after their eligibility as well. It's such a it's such a wonderful topic to discuss. And I think it's something that even though we're wrapping this series, we will probably revisit from time to mm-hmm. time to keep that conversation going and generating it. Um, when we were meeting and talking about this series, we talked about how important it was to also get the perspective, you know, from a college coach and Mm -hmm. from an athletic director. And I actually have a two for one coupon (laughs) that's sitting here in the studio (laughs) and and also a good friend of mine who I'm very happy to see her face back here in Springfield, Missouri. So I want to welcome to the show, Nyla Millison. Thanks, Jenny. I'm um, blessed to be back. First of all, uh, it's 
Springfield uh, ba- back home is uh, feels really really good, and um, I- I'm wearing two hats right now, uh, both at <laughs> Hollister and Jury. But uh, excited about uh, my new role that I'm I'm getting ready to take over at Jury. But uh, c- certainly, I think I can bring per- some perspective to this, um, being a longtime high school and college coach. Uh, 36 years of my career was spent doing that, so. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah. Why do you think I picked you? Because I, I, I am a bargain. <laughs> right, yes. Yeah, two for one. Well, I know you have a lot of plans, and I know that you're excited to get to, to get rolling at Drury, and I also know that you're very grateful for Hollister and the opportunity you had this year. Um, it, what, what's it like? I mean, welcome home. That's kind of, you know, I just want to say welcome home. I'm glad you're glad you're back here in Springfield. Um, I certainly enjoyed my my eight years on the East Coast. I got to do a lot of things that I absolutely would have never got to experience here. I met a lot of incredible people, um, built some relationships that I'll have a lifetime. But um, I'm a Midwest girl, and and uh, for the for 21 years was a was an Ozark girl. So uh, I am certainly glad to be home. Um, I, I'm not going to lie; I've met the, I've missed the coaching aspect of it, and uh, there was. Times this season, I thought, oh gosh, I'm, I'm really missing it. But then I'd have uh, an assistant call me or something and say, uh, I'm on the road uh, recruiting, and I'll say, peace out, uh, uh, have fun. Uh, I'm I'm going to fill water bottles and, and go home at eight o'clock tonight and sleep. Uh, so uh, the, the the transition um, was easier than I thought. It really was, and 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 I think a lot of it is because of where I was at and. Uh, I, I got to be back home and I got to spend time with grandbabies and, and all of those things. And so I've, I really have enjoyed my time at Hollister and so blessed for the people down there. Uh, but when Drury came calling, I, I just couldn't say no. So, um, I'll, I, I'm kind of double duty and not kind of double duty and I'm double duty in <laughs> right now. And, uh, I have great people, both places helping me out, but I'll, I'll transition full time on, on June 1st. But, um, you know, the old saying, no place like home. Well, I, I also feel like um, coaches go through this identity crisis we've been talking about. You go from being this competitive athlete to this non-competitive citizen, and we're talking about that. But also coaches, longtime coaches. I went through it. I, I went through it at, of trying to, you know, now I did enjoy not staying up till one or two watching mm-hmm. film and charting and doing all of those statistics. And um, But, however, you do miss that strategy part and that relationship part and just the, the bond that you have with a team, and it's um, and it's an extended family. It really is, and I think that's uh, something I really miss as far as coaching. And you've got to kind of navigate. And so I chose the broadcasting path. You're choosing athletic. You're choosing athletic directing, which I think is um, a perfect and natural path for you. I think you'll be very good at that job. Uh, you know, when I kind of made the decision that I, uh, it was, it was probably time for me to uh, to um, slow down mentally and physically. I was, I was tired. Um, and, you know, kind of, uh, again, as the whole conversation is about trying to figure out kind of the path to navigate, um, you know, I, I wasn't really sure. And, uh, you know, I had some options to maybe high school coach. And I, I thought, ah, I just don't know that I really, I, I love my time, but I, I thought, ah, I just don't know that that's really. And, um, you know, I'm pretty close to retirement. And I thought, well, maybe I could just go ahead and retire, but I still like to spend money. So uh, <laughs> that really wasn't an option yet. Um, it was actually my, my, uh, oldest son that said, mom, you would be such a good athletic director. And I hadn't really thought about that, you know, that path. And, um, so, um, you know, kind of started digging into some things and, and talked to some, some former administrators that, that I'd had. I've had some really good ones, uh, some really good mentors and, um, Hollister gave me the opportunity and, 
Uh, it certainly wasn't in my my cards. <laughs> I thought that's probably where I'd retire. Uh, it wasn't in my cards a year ago, um, you know, that this would be an option at Drury. But um, I, I, I'm very much a believer God has a plan, and sometimes it, um, you know, we have to get through the clouds in order to see that plan. But uh, I think it's worked out pretty well. Well, we're very happy that you're back in town and, and wish you the best of luck in this new position. I do want to talk a little about about something that kind of affected my mental health this week. If that's okay, I want to disclose. <laughs> I yes, I'm I'm going to confess that I had a mental health a um, little bit of a breakdown this week watching March Madness um, because I feel like, and I know they've been doing this all year, and I have you know I have a coach brain here. I have someone that should be in coaching. <laughs> Um, I so we're going to talk just a little bit about this before we get to the topic at hand. Um, I, I, as a former coach, was um, I I rate watching um, them interview Division One coaches during the middle of the game during their timeouts. During timeouts, um, you know, I, I know that it's been a common practice to catch them on the way to the locker room and ask them a question or two. That's you know that's fine. I, I don't I don't care for that, but I think it's fine. That's fine. But a timeout. Seems like they're crossing a line, and I feel like that is um, a little disrespectful to the profession. That's active coaching time, and that is sacred time with your players, and that is teaching time, and that is being taken away. And yes, you have quality staff that you trust, but you're the head coach, you're the decision maker. You need to be in the huddle, and you need to be communicating with your players at that time. And it really hit me wrong. And I, I again, I know they've been doing that all season, but this, it just really, um, maybe because March Madness is more emotional. Mm-hmm. But I thought this is, you, you know, one of my coaching friends that I was on this rant with, speaking with, he said, you know, you would never interrupt a surgeon in the middle of surgery and interview them. You would never go to a trial and interview a lawyer. And if they don't, you know, if they don't interview them, they're in the huddle. And then coming back and talking about what they're in. And I'm going to be a little dramatic, but I think that's a little violation of strategic privacy. And that's a little, I know that's a little dramatic, but at the same time, it, I just don't like it. They're actively coaching. Let them do their job. Let them do your job. You'll get your soundbite at halftime. You'll get your soundbite in pregame and postgame. But that is the time they're doing their job. There's lots of things in sports that they don't do in any other profession. <laughs> right. Many, many things. Um I, I would agree. I, I think, uh, and and you don't dare say no. Uh, we probably have a, a bench full of athletes that are saying thank you for letting my coach maybe calm down and <laughs> right. not be in the huddle. So maybe we're helping with their mental maybe health. Maybe they put it in the contract. Um, they negotiated you know, that. Um, but so but I I would agree. I I, I think um, you know there's a time and a place for for media and. Um, uh, but like I, I told you before the show, um, you know a, a lot of these coaches. Uh, I, I'm in the lead eight. Interview me if you want to, because a lot of you are sitting at home. So, <laughs> and, and that's true. And and so they should be grateful. And I understand that's extra, you know, extra branding or extra promotion, and they're helping out. But it it's they're doing their they're performing their job. Absolutely. I mean, and that is something that I think is that's where I feel like the disrespect comes in. It's just that they are in active coaching mode, and you're interrupting them and pulling them from that. Um, I don't know how that was negotiated. Um, I know that. Um, that is something I feel like that needs to be revisited, though, because I do feel like that is that doesn't bring anything. There's nothing earth shattering from that, you know, as a former player and someone, again, that I think should, you know, coach. What do you think, Heather? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's exactly what you said. What other profession do we kind of, you know, in surgery? What are you, what what second half adjustments are you going to make today? You know, it's yes. just like it's weird to think that. 
um, that that would happen. And, you know, as a player, especially in a game like an Elite Eight or the final, I mean, these are, you know, big games. And so you're kind of looking to the head of the ship, right, the head coach, um, to feel grounded and to kind of know, like, you know, what next steps are we taking and what kind of, you know, what are we even going to run out of this set, you know? And so, um, yeah, I, I could definitely live without it. I I would be interested to see if that's something they carry on into next year. And let me tell you that the, the scripted, an- there's scripted answers. Totally. A coach is not going to actually say, you know, we're going to switch our defense up. <laughs> we're going to start running this. We've got to, you know, so and so is going to get the ball. He's got to touch it. Mm-hmm. And we, we've, they're, they're not, they're just going to give you scripted, scripted coach, answers. Coach speak. Yes, definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, that's my rant. Um, I don't like it. I'm sure nothing is going to change from what the conversation that we just had, but it makes me feel better and my mental health is better to get it on the outside and say, please stop interviewing head coaches during time out. Let them coach. We're going to take a quick break and show some gratitude to our sponsors. We want to thank Great Southern Bank for being our presenting sponsor. And we'll be right back with Heather Harmon and Nyla Millicent. This is a Coach's Perspective. to a coach's perspective i'm jenny hopkins and uh, this segment is sponsored by highland dairy highland dairy is owned by dairy farmers and they've been providing a great selection of nutritious dairy products since 1938 it's a proven fact from scientific studies and professional dietitians the ideal sports beverage recovery drink available to athletes after a workout is chocolate milk highland dairy has the best tasting chocolate they're a proud sponsor of a coach's perspective we appreciate greg stevenson and his entire team over at highland dairy so we're back with Heather Harmon and Nyla Millison, and, and we are supposed to be talking about mental health of current and, <laughs> current and former college athletes. Um, but we did um, have a little bit of a rant because I am so against uh, this new policy that the media is interviewing coaches during timeouts, uh, during active, active coaching time. And I really appreciate um, on the break getting some comments from people that they agree uh, because that is definitely sacred time with your players. But moving on to our topic at hand, um, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, let's talk about healthy coaching, physical, mental, um, the sports-specific skills. Um, that's really what a coach is focusing on. So so first off, I know that you are, um, you know, a two-for-one coupon tonight, but I want your your coach brain first. All right. And so I want to, to talk a little bit about that um, that thought process of an athlete that is struggling, and they don't want to go to their coach because the last thing you ever want to show a coach is weakness. Now, no, no matter how open you are, how welcoming you are to communication, they still don't want to show that weakness. So what could you say to that athlete? And then also what could you say to coaches to make sure that they instill to still speak up when you're struggling mentally? I, I I know you said it doesn't matter how open and how welcoming open door policy. I do think that makes does make a little bit of difference though. I I think if you have have built the relationship and they trust you in a manner, um, I, I I do think it makes a, a a big difference that they'll come to you. Uh, or they, they, they're more apt to come. They not necessarily always will, but they're more apt to come to you. Um, so, you know, that's one thing that we, uh, you know, we as a coaching staff always talked about is, is, um, you know, my door is always open. Um, come in. I always kept a, uh, box of tissues, uh, behind my computer and, uh, pulled it out and, 
um, if if we needed it. Um, you know, obviously, as, as a head coach, uh, you're you're well, really, as any coach, but you're you're closer to some athletes than you are to others. Um, so we encourage um, you know to to have a relationship and and to the mentoring aspect with assistant coaches. We would always assign uh, an assistant coach to a particular athlete and. Um, so, uh, and had one-on-one time with those assistant coaches every week that was mandatory. Um, so I think that opens a door and, and I, I made them not talk basketball during that time. That was mentor time. That was academic time. Um, that was get to know you time. And if you were going to schedule, film or any of that other stuff, it had to be at a, at a different time. So I, I think getting to know your athletes is, is crucial. Um, you know, we talked a little bit as we went on before the show um, that I, I think you've got to be able to, so much of college athletics can become, um, what have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. And um, I, 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 I don't brag on myself very often, but I do think that one of my strengths absolutely was being able to keep the person at the forefront. And I was all about winning games and I was all about, um, you know, trying to, to win the next one and scout and put people in the right position and, and, you know, play the right people. But at the end of the day, I cared about those kids. Right. And so um, I, I do think it's about building relationships, but I, I do know many, 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 many coaches that um, are much more about just the business and and not the personal side. Right, produce and, or move on. And you better you better have somebody on your staff someplace um, that is worried about that. But I I know there's a lot of places that don't, and it's certainly not to say that we haven't had mental health issues on our teams. And then COVID put a whole new meaning on right. mental health issues. Well, and, and oftentimes there's other outlets as well. Athletes that are listening, you have athletic trainers, you have, mm-hmm. um, you know, athletic directors. We're going to talk a little bit about that in a moment, but there are other avenues. But Heather, I want to ask you this. I also feel like one avenue we haven't spoke about is the people that are in the trenches with you, your teammates. <laughs> yeah. How do you think teammates can lean on each other? And do you think um, that that would be a possible solution to have team meetings um, you know, like support groups almost throughout the season mm-hmm. and talk about some of these mental health issues and lean on each other because you're going through it. Totally. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a unique shared experience that you get throughout those four years. Um, nobody quite get quite gets it like the people who are going through it with you. And I do think that is um, such a huge just like resource to leverage in those times. And I mean, the best athletes in the world go through their own personal and individual mental health struggles or physical battles or just moments of like, this is really hard. (laughs) Like I have four tests this week. We're on the road. I got an essay like I'm not playing well. I'm in a shooting slump. Like we all go through those. And, you know, hopefully that's not at the same time. (laughs) Um, And if it's not, that's a great time to lean on your teammates to be able to say, like, I'm struggling with this. And, you know, they get it more than anybody and they can certainly help with that. But you're exactly right, too, is that's when the team culture is so important. And I personally um, believe that, you know, coaches do have a huge role to play in the culture of the team. Um, but also like the, the players have a huge responsibility of fostering that and ensuring that it's going well. And especially, you know, veterans and, and captains and, and certainly, 
Um, you know, I've been on, on teams where that culture was great and it was arguably our best asset as a team. And then I've been on teams where, um, the culture wasn't as good. And I think that easily translates onto the floor, but, um, yeah, totally. I mean, there's, there's lots of resources that we do have and we just have to be resourceful and use them. And I do think teammates are, are such a great way to do that. And one of the best coping strategies for, for mental health with athletes is valid, you know, validity. I mean, just totally. being able to say, yeah. It is hard. That is tough. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of times when I'm working with athletes or really with teams, mm-hmm. um, you know, the first couple sessions with teams, you know, we will we'll talk uh, and we'll I'll kind of lead the discussion. But then a lot of times the best sessions are when they just um, ex- let themselves talk a mm-hmm. little bit about what they're going through and then having a teammate uh, find that validity in what they're experiencing. I like what Heather said about the culture because it really yes. is the cultures of trust mm-hmm. is where you build it the best because you gotta you gotta have the trust in your teammates mm-hmm. that it's not gonna go anyplace else. It's not gonna, uh, you know, that I I can say it and I'm not gonna be judged. Mm-hmm. And uh, that culture, um, it's hard to build, but it may be even harder to sustain. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. You know, with turnover, and I would love to hear Jim's. I'll have to go back and listen to Jim's because mm-hmm. I think uh, the really really good trainers are another a, a really good resource. And I, I think one of the reasons that they are is because the training room is <laughs> the social place. Totally. I mean, uh, you know, coaches don't go in there very often. And right. there's a reason <laughs> trainers hear everything, see everything. It's a dumping ground, which right. good and bad sometimes. Yeah. But uh, the, the trainer, uh, a really good trainer is invaluable mm-hmm. for more than just keeping somebody uh, from feeling like they're an old lady uh, and being able to get back on the floor. But from the mental aspect too, um, great trainers are invaluable. Totally. Well, and I, I want to revisit something we talked about the first week too. And, 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 and Heather, you felt really strongly that the families and parents also have some responsibilities in this. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're out of the house. Yes, they're living on their own in college, but um, there's still responsibility. Nobody knows you better than your parents oftentimes. And so um, that's not always the case, but mm-hmm. most of the time. So a little bit about the responsibility of, of parents being able to, to witness um, some of those mental health things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it starts so much earlier, right? I mean, I said that I think the first week, if we're starting those conversations in college, we're about 15 years too late. Right. <laughs> and I think, right. you know, parents have the earliest and the most important and the most formative time with athletes when they're younger. And, you know, I was an elementary education major for one year in college and I learned two things. The first was that I did not want to be an elementary educator. (laughs) And the second is that if a kid hears something enough times, they're going to start to believe it. And so that's where we revisit the conversation of, you know, what do your conversations look like in the car? What are you, you know, what theology are you building into your children of like, you're only good and valuable if you play well, if you went like those, those sorts of things. And that carries all the way through until their very last game. I think that's very important. You know, we also talked about, you know, <laughs> encouraging parents to not live vicariously through their athletes. Um, I think that, you know, is, is something that, that happens as well. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it is, you know, you kind of have to zoom it out and say, well, whose responsibility is this when you're really talking about like, solutions and answers it's one thing to say hey this is an issue or this is a problem but it's another to say you know here's how we kind of solve that and and i think the first step is really acknowledging who has that responsibility and, and parents certainly play a huge role in that as well as coaches and as well as the athletes themselves agree 100 percent. all right well we're going to take our next break and we'll continue to talk about this and then there is another group 
that has a little responsibility too. We're going to talk about that when we come back as well. Plus, we're going to explore athletic directing and what their role can be in this as well. So we have Heather Harmon here. We have Nyla Millison. This is Jenny Hopkins, and you're listening to A Coach's Perspective. Also, thank you to Greg and Melinda Burnett as they support local and thoughtful radio. And a quick shout-out to Greg Burnett. He is has a birthday tomorrow. I almost said how, how old he was turning. <laughs> You're welcome. I won't say that, but happy birthday to you. You are an amazing brother and I love you very much. We'll be back here on a coach's perspective. A Coach's Perspective. I'm Jenny Hopkins, and this segment sponsored by Bill Grant Ford in Bolivar. Hey, they know cars, they know trucks, they know SUVs, and they know service, and they know how to keep their customers happy and loyal. I've been one of them for over 25 years. Kelly Grant and Shane Rainey, give these guys a call. They will take all the stress out of purchasing a new vehicle. They will do a coast-to-coast search and find exactly what you are looking for. Call them at 417-326-7671. We're also very grateful for West Logging. They have 50 years' experience. Go to westlogging.com or find them on Facebook and contact Danny West for a free consultation. He's going to treat your land like his own. We're also very grateful for Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance. Um, We're back with Heather Harmon and Nyla Millison. We're talking, uh, we're kind of wrapping a series this week on the mental health of current and former athletes and we're we're going to talk a little bit now about um, another role another avenue um, so we've talked about the role kind of with coaches and with parents and with the athletes themselves and the teammates there's also fans out there that have a little bit of a responsibility there are supporters out there and I use the word supporting as you know just showing up to games is not necessarily just being a supporter um, you are appreciated and, and I know that all of the players and uh, even officials and, and athletes are all grateful that we have supporters and we have fans. Um, but what you say and your words do matter. What you post on social media matters. Um, these are kids and these are still, um, their brains are not even cognitively fully developed until 25 at the earliest stage. And so we have to be very mindful as fans on how we judge the snapshots of what you're seeing from some of these athletes what do you all think about that perspective yeah i mean i i couldn't agree more i think to you know fans and um just just random people who come to games and things like that um we'll just say outsiders if you will they they kind of see the mountaintops right they don't they see the peaks they don't necessarily see the valleys and i think you know unless you've been through it or you you know somebody close to you has been through it i don't think um, a lot of people really understand exactly what all is on a student athlete's plate. And I think that's often a uh, kind of a rebuttal, right? When, when athletes, student athletes do speak up and say, you know, I'm struggling mentally or, um, you know, this is really hard there. You know, the, the kind of the argument you'll always hear is like, you go to school for free. Like you have no idea. And, and totally, that's a huge privilege. And I, and I don't think that's lost on, I mean, it's certainly not lost on me. It's not lost <laughs> on a lot of athletes, but, um, we earn it. I mean, there's just so much that student athletes go through on any given day. I mean, hours of workouts and then mandatory study hall. You know, you might have a, a radio show or a booster luncheon or, you know, just all the various types of things. And so, 
um, you know, it's it's cool that you get to show up in the beautiful arena and you get to see the game and it looks fun and it looks easy. Um, and it is so fun, but there's so many things that you just don't see. And you're exactly right. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it is still like 18 to 21 year olds. Right. You know, and so there's there's already so much pressure as a student athlete, you know, that we put on ourselves and um, often external. And so I would say just, you know, maybe don't contribute to that if possible. <laughs> right. I remember after a game one time we had won mm-hmm. um, and, and we were running back to the locker room and I had this man uh, yell. Burnett was my maiden name and said, Burnett, you need to make your free throws. <laughs> I do. Duly noted. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's what's wrong. I didn't make my free throws. I never considered that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Good thing we didn't have social media. They just shouted what they wanted to say yeah. back then. But you know, it, it's one of those things that I think is, um, you, you know, they, they, they judge coaches un- unfairly oftentimes and they judge officials as well. Um, but, but I feel like, you know, that is, a, you're really crossing a line when you are judging these kids and these players and and you know if they are lazy and they show a little effort judge away but if they're out there working hard um and and they sometimes make mistakes Mm -hmm. sit down so do you (laughs) i i would totally agree i don't know that i can really add much to what uh what y'all said but um come walk Mm -hmm. one day in a student athlete's shoes um the amount of time and pressure and expectations and i know i know it's what they signed up for i i get it and i get you know they're getting their schooling paid for and all those other things but um they still very few people really 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 understand what a day in the life of a student athlete is and then to be um you know, nobody goes up to the free throw line and says, oh, let me see if I can miss this. I should miss this one. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I shot close to 80%. I just want for the record. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but I did in that game. Yeah. Or, you know, I, I use this all the time with, with my team. In fact, I just said it today to somebody. I don't remember who it was, but you know, a, a, a coach. And I realize that's part of our, probably in our job description. We ought to, we ought to, we ought to write it in our job descriptions. But, you know, there's never, there was never a day when I coached that I woke up in the morning and said, how can I screw my team up today? Right. <laughs> right. Um, you know, you, you try and the student athletes are the same way. And I think most people in life in general, you wake up every morning going, how can I be the best that I can mm-hmm. be today? And how can I prepare my team the best? Or how can I get through my day as a student athlete? I've got this, this, and this, right. but, some days it just doesn't work that way. Right. Um, what stone can I unturn today woo, to help them? You know, woo. you're always looking. That's the competitive nature that coaches have. I mean, they want to win, obviously, and they want to, um, their programs to, to, to do well. Yeah. Sure. So, so I, I, I think, um, you know, we, uh, we're, we're, we're hard on student athletes as coaches, as fans, as parents and everything <laughs> else. But uh, I, I think there, there are times that you definitely have to take a, a, a deep breath and look back and have perspective. And then I'll also tell you as a coach, and again, I I felt like I had a pretty good relationship and open doors, but you know, somebody would really be struggling for two or three days and they didn't say anything. Mm -hmm. And you would go and say, Hey, Heather, you know, what's, what's going on? I mean, Mm -hmm. you're at the back of the line or you're this or you're that and tears start streaming. (laughs) And all of a sudden it's like, Okay, now we're getting to it, and mm-hmm. you know, you talk about they won't come sure. to you. 
but for you to be able to recognize the sign, something just isn't right. Mm-hmm. Something just isn't right. And you'll find out they failed a test or they, you know, their, their grandmother's sick or whatever, whatever it might be, they're people too. And mm-hmm. we, we just can't, we just can't forget that. Yeah. Now I'm going to flip to the other side. All right. So uh, some may say, well, you just said this. So why are you saying that now? So what about this, uh, the population that, um, and there's part of me that feels this way as well. Um, what about the population that says, you know, kids are just soft today. They just can't handle it. They just cannot handle um, the criticism or they can't handle the, the workload. I would have never shown that much weakness. Um, part of that is, you know, ignorance. Um, part of that is they're lying. They struggle too. They just forgot. And they don't, they're not remembering. Um, but what do you think about some of those? And, and Heather, as a former athlete, how does that make you feel? Um, I'm sure Nyla would like to send them to rodeo practice for a couple of weeks. You want to toughen, toughen up. up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, I think, you know, times have changed, too, on top of that. And um, there's so many other external contributing factors that didn't exist, you know, 20 years ago. I mean, you think of the way that social media has just changed the landscape of really life and society, but I think sports is definitely, you know, that that wasn't, sports didn't miss out on on that either, you know, and so there's already that pressure we put on ourselves and we might feel externally, but then things like social media, you know, with the comparison and um, just some of those things, I think that's a, a completely, you know, added layer of that. Um, I think also, you know, there's so many more athletes today speaking out and I'm talking on the, the largest level of their careers. I mean, Olympians, you know, in the past couple of years sitting out and bowing out on the greatest level that they would ever compete at. Nobody wants to do that. It's just like Nyla said, nobody wakes up and thinks, you know what? I've been competing my whole life for this and in the last four years to get to this level. And I think today I'm just going to decide not to compete for fun. That'll be so fun. You know, and it's like, no, there, you, you obviously have to be really struggling to, to get to the pinnacle of your career and say, you know, no. And that is kind of something that we just haven't seen until recent years. You know, athletes of that stature saying no and putting their mental health first. And so I think for, for people that grew up in a generation where they weren't really it, as encouraged to speak out when they needed help, it's hard for them to, to grasp that that young athletes would be doing this and to them it looks like weakness but to me that looks like the greatest scale of bravery you could possibly have to say i've worked my entire life for this i'm literally at the olympics <laughs> like i'll never compete at a higher level and just no like that to me isn't weakness that to me is is bravery it takes a lot of courage to get it to does. that point it yeah. takes a lot of courage and and knowing what um possible hate might come your direction but mm-hmm. also um more importantly, the love that came. Yeah. That well, direction. and just creating the the opportunity and, and really paving the way for other athletes to be able to say, you know, if Simone Biles can do that, then then so can I. I think that's huge. I, I agree. Um, there are a lot of different avenues and a lot of different ways that, that we can get support to these athletes. Um, but let's talk about the transition now. And, you know, you know, athletic directors are, you know, great resources, of course, when they are current athletes. What can athletic directors do 
better to one keep up with the mental health that is exploding with our collegiate athletes and, and two help them with that transition you know heather and i've talked in this series about having a course on athletic transition um, for seniors we've talked a little bit about possibly expanding some leadership and mentoring programs um, in the community we've we've talked about all the, some just some different courses of action any other ideas on on Nyla, what you think you can do as an athletic director well, I'm going to start um, uh, with someplace other than the athletes for just a second, having been in the profession for so long. But it, it's going to tie into into the a- a- athlete. Um, I, I, I think one thing that athletic directors can do and administration in general can do is check on your coaches. Yes, amen. Check amen. on your coaches. Um, I, I can tell you, um, and we won't even go into the, the COVID year and, and uh, the isolation and all of that. I'm sure mm-hmm. you all have talked about that at some point in time. But, um, you know, there's been times that I would have loved um, for somebody to come to me and say, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and checked on me, um, checked on our staff. Um, because if your coaches aren't well, and they aren't at a good place, how are they going to help anybody else? And, yeah. You know, I, w- I went into a coach yesterday and just said, are you, are you okay? I texted, I, I won't say why I was driving this morning, but I texted <laughs> a coach at 7 a.m. as I was driving this morning and just said, hey, I'm just checking in to make sure you're okay because um, I know some of the struggles that they're going through right now. Um, so I, I think it, it starts with making sure that our resources for our student-athletes are in a good place. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that would be one of my first things. Um, I, I think as a, an athletic department is to, to try to, um, and I know money is tied to every place, but try to, um, make sure that we pool our resources, um, across our campus, across our community and make sure that our student athletes are aware of where you can go and what you can do, I think is yep. really, really important. Um, I mentioned earlier to make sure we have a pulse on our student athletes and get to know them and look for the warning signs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the transition um, is hard. Um, so anything we can do, you know, you mentioned the several things, the seminars, the classes, the webinars, the, and I know at the time student athletes, it's just one more thing to have to do. It's just one <laughs> more thing that compliance yeah. is saying you have, you have to do. But I think if we could really find that, um, importance to those student athletes that trust me i've been there sort of mentality and you don't need this today but you're going to need this three years down the road Mm -hmm. and kind of look out and and help help them forecast um what it's going to be like um so those those would be my suggestions but i i think again an athletic director and administration being visible um, knowing that your student ath- that that you care um, not only about your student athletes but your coaches, I think that's such an important aspect, and that um, actually was one of the next directions I wanted to go uh, because I also think coaches don't want to ask for help. I don't mm-hmm. think coaches, and this could be an own, its own series as well. Um, is, is the mental health of coaches sometimes that deteriorate um, from maybe con- constant scrutinizing and judging of their decisions? Um, or maybe they, you know, the finding the balance in their life, not having that work and, and life balance. 
So I do think that there's a, a lot of validity in that and, and a lot of credibility, and I appreciate you bringing that up. We do have to take care of our coaches, and, and we have to make sure also that we provide um, you know support to them and offer some of those outlets and, and to make sure that we're checking on them. And I also think the assistant coaches need those check-ins too um, because your support staff. they're the eyes and ears <laughs> of your staff. They yeah. really are. Yeah, your trainers that are working um, countless, endless uh, hours. Oh, my gosh, the trainers just uh, – and you know how how many times does does a a coach ever go to a trainer and say, you know, simple thank yous go a long ways. But you know, mm-hmm. thank you or are you okay or mm-hmm. you know um, any of those type of things. I, I I just think checking on each other and and being a shoulder to lean on. You know, we say teammates. How about how about athletic departments? Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. And and. I mean, even it, you could even go all the way to student managers as well. Here's somebody that is working the same amount of hours that is setting up practices, that's taking stats or doing water, towels, whatever. They don't even get to step on the floor, yeah. and they don't have that opportunity. But you know, and you've got you've got all kinds of different support uh, systems. Yeah. I mean, you you know, you're you're leading your. There's you could go on and on and on. Everybody needs help. Yes, <laughs> they do. Everybody okay. does. So so I guess what you know one of the things what can you do and that is that is that you can you can notice you could be um, you know if you need help ask and and um, and and pay attention like you were talking about earlier be intuitive and, and pay attention to people if you're seeing some differences in their personality you're seeing some differences in in the way that they are functioning no matter what their role is um, offer help check mm-hmm. on them there's nothing wrong with saying hey how you doing. Um, at least you've planted a seed that you care, and I think that's so important. Have some general conversation. I, I think that's another thing that social media and technology, I mean, everything's in text. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that we've, we've just lost so much human right. interaction um, that, you know, pick the phone up and call. Go right. into somebody's office totally and ask. Have face-to-face time, and you, 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 can't, you, can't, you can't get a verbal or a, a face-to-face read over a, a text message. I mean, it's better than nothing, but you can't get a face-to-face read over a, a, like you can walking into somebody's office or into the locker room or wherever it might be. And they and and that they need to be they need to see you have that eye contact. They need to see you have that openness. Like let let's let's work with through this together. That empathy and that unconditional positive regard is so valuable to people. Um, but I, I tell you, this has been a great series, and I really appreciate um, Heather bringing this um, to the forefront and, and generating this conversation. Um, I, you know, I'm going to be so lonely next week. I mean, I've had <laughs> Heather Harmon here for three weeks here co-hosting with me, and I, I appreciate you, Heather. Thank you so much for bringing this, something that's close to your heart. And I, I hope you've enjoyed the series as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely have. And, I mean, like I, I've said a hundred times to you, I appreciate the opportunity. You know, at the end of the day, it is your show. <laughs> And and you get to to decide what conversations you have. So I, I appreciate the the opportunity. I feel like um, that we've gotten a lot accomplished and we've talked a lot. Um, if somebody is listening tonight and they didn't hear the first two episodes, I would encourage you to listen mm-hmm. to those. Go to a coachesperspective dot com and listen to them. You can also subscribe to the website. Um, we are now at almost eleven hundred subscribers, and you'll get an email once a week to talk about what we're, what's coming up on the on the show and. Um, we'd love for you to be involved in our community. You can also send in show ideas 
yourself. So I appreciate that so much. And Nyla, welcome home again. I'm so glad that you are here. Thank you. Two two of my favorites right here. Uh, <laughs> if we just had a few more of the Harmon girls in studio, it would be a perfect thing. Right. Yes. Yeah. We well, run out of room quickly. <laughs> I, well, we did have the Har- we uh, did a series on sports families, we and did. the Harmons were oh one my of the gosh. families. Uh, they some of my favorites when they were. Uh, she doesn't want me to start telling stories, <laughs> but they were second, third grade coming to camp over oh, yeah. at Drury, and uh, those dimples, and they had come in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know you're not supposed to have favorites, but oh. but I did. Well, you were always our favorite. You were a big reason that Jury was a dream school of mine. So, well, I think that's wonderful, and I also think you know it's pretty cool when you have players like Heather Harmon that make you look smart as coaches. <laughs> we appreciate Absolutely. players like that. And pretty dumb at times too. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate both of you all tonight, and thank you all for listening. We're going to move into our post game talk, sponsored by Story Construction. Story Construction has been providing high quality industrial and commercial construction since 1966 go to story s-t-o-r-e-e for more information all right so next week we're going to hit the water believe it or not we're going to talk to a world champion surfer sean thompson will be on and we're going to be talking a little bit about that sport and i'm really excited about learning about this worldwide sport and finding out more information on that all right now for our post-game talk you know heather spoke two weeks ago about calling to action athletes coaches administrators trainers parents anyone in an athlete's life to pay attention to their mental health speak up be brave and keep this conversation going last week i challenged you to also pay attention to see people to really see them and focus on assisting them when they need it seeing them and being there for them as they navigate this transitional time in their life will be so appreciated and now i want to challenge you to stop talking about wanting to help people and get up and do it. Walk the walk. Don't just say it. Go out there and see who needs help and offer your help. And if you're on the other side of that and you need help, ask for it. We will be there for you. Let's take action and focus on the mental health of our athletes as well as their physical and their sport-specific skills. That's how champions do it. So I want to remind you, as I do each and every week, be a good human. And live your life like a champion. Live like a human champion. This is Jenny Hopkins, and this has been A Coach's Perspective.